0: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more.
1: Learn more at uh1.com.
2: Pursuing your future doesn't end at 40. In fact, it may mark the beginning of knowing who you are what you're capable of, and what you really want. But knowing what's next and how to get there can be a challenge, especially when old narratives play on repeat. Liberty Road is here to share stories so that you can consider your possibilities, pursue your purpose, and move into your future with intention. I'm your host, Netta Jones, and we're here to listen, learn, and liberate dreams one episode at a time. Well, hello, Liberty listeners. Welcome to another episode of Liberty Road. Today, you guys get to hear from the founders of Perfect White Tea, Lisa Hickey and Jen Manchaka. And I'm so excited to have them on the show today. Hey, guys, how are you? Good.
0: Hi, we're great. For having us. Thank you for having us.
2: Absolutely. Since there's two of you, I'm going to direct these questions to one of you at a time. So Jen, let's start with you. What is Perfect White Tea?
0: Gosh, it's a, it, you know what it is? It's a friendship that kind of it grows into t shirts, right? Lisa, I kind of think that's where it started. Lisa and I love t shirts, but first and foremost, we love each other as friends and we've always wanted to work together. We worked together on a previous brand. And when that sort of ex- exited our life, uh, the opportunity and the idea for perfect white tea really manifested itself. And because we, we're so aligned with our aesthetic, our values, our humor, our you know way we just do things. We're both mothers. It really organically turned into our, it's almost like our lifestyle manifested itself into this t-shirt brand. So nothing's forced. It's all, it all comes from the heart. It all comes from what we love. And it turned into a very simple concept, which is The feeling you get when you're wearing your perfect white tee. And it's simple, it's curated, it's classic, and it's forever. And this, this timeless classic line has resonated with people we know, with our buyers, and now with our end consumers. And it's grown exponentially into this thing that has never, ever lost its grounding, which is the white t-shirt and the love of that white t-shirt. I
2: love the um, simplicity of it. For those who are listening who are either in a friendship where two people are trying to think about something to do together or just thinking about an idea, (laughs) I think, and I'm speaking to myself here, we can easily overcomplicate what our offering is. And because it's something so simple, the audience is able to grasp what you're talking about, not just the physical tea, but the feeling of that perfect white tea. Lisa, what did you guys see as white space in the market? Um, you said that you'd worked together before. I know from doing a little research that you guys had been in fashion, both wholesale and retail. What was it that you saw in the market? What kind of gap or white space were you trying to fill?
1: So what was really missing was the replenishment business model for t-shirts. right? So you find your perfect white tea, You want to buy that perfect white tea year round. You want to keep buying it every season spring or summer hits and a lot of the other t-shirt brands were really just putting out new fashion monthly and moving on to the next and what we said to each other is how do I buy my perfect teeth 365 days of the year and that was the white you know space that we felt perfect white could could take on.
2: Again, the simplicity of it. And you guys looked at your own needs. What is it that I wish I had? What is it that we feel like just in my closet is missing, not even in the total market? Mm -hmm. And then to be able to say, well, how many other people must feel the same way? It's almost too simple, like that many of us probably (laughs) overlooked this, this problem and the solution that you're creating. Um, For sure. So you talked about your friendship a little bit, were you guys friends or colleagues before the friendship sort of it turned into perfect white tea. Who wants to tell that story? You're both smiling, Jen. Why don't we start with you? I'll, at least I'll come back to you, so you can like
0: fix yeah, anything or clarify yeah. other things. She'll, yeah. By the way, she's a fact checker. Yeah, just okay. so you know, that one. It's good there. to have one. <laughs> I just go with what's in my head, and it comes out of my mouth, and she she has to correct me. Uh, for the- <laughs> Honestly, we really were colleagues, right? So I I had launched another brand previously to this. And she and I met because she was the showroom, the multi-line showroom that did most of, most easily most of our business. And she and I just started talking. It was very simple, you know, beginning, which is talk to your showrooms regularly, listen to her, not listen to her. She taught me a lot about, listen to your showrooms, Jen. And just because you like a drop crotch (laughs) jogger doesn't mean the rest of your (laughs) the rest of your audience (laughs) will because and then she would show me a number and I was like oh wait a minute it actually is based in numbers right numbers don't lie listen to your showroom so she and I became close based on that feedback that back and forth because you know and you'll find out I think throughout this conversation I hope and I hope your listeners will is that the one thing that you'll Find from us is that we don't have to be the smartest people in the room. Mm -hmm. So I knew that Lisa was an expert in her field. And we started talking like that. And that respect really was rooted in that, in those conversations. And she respected my opinion, I respected hers. And then it turned into this new brand. And it's just gotten bigger and bigger. And these layers of things we're doing together and the failures and the she, I actually freaked out on her yesterday. Sorry about that, by the way, Lisa, because <laughs> I was upset about something. But she talks <laughs> me off a ledge. So it has grown from this Working relationship to a friendship so easily. There's never been an effort. We've never. I've never put forth an effort. Lisa probably does when I'm yelling. <laughs> Let's
2: fact check that,
0: Lisa. <laughs> yeah, it's all
1: wrong. Um, no, but that's that's true. It, you know, was we were definitely colleagues in business, but I think the reality is the trust that we found in each other is what established the friendship over time. Because trust is really important in a partnership. Sure she always has my back and I always have hers. And, you know, we're all going to fail and make mistakes along the way or have freak out sessions because I've done it. Maybe a little less than Jen, (laughs) probably a little less than Jen, but you know, that we're there for each other and that it just makes us stronger. And I think that's where the friendship really came from is, is like fully understanding. Like she has my back no matter what I do, no matter what mistake I make, no matter you know, we, we fix it and we move on and, and find the positivity and the learning in it. And that's it. So it's a friendship now. It's both now, but it was definitely started as business first.
2: I want to ask you guys a question because I'm mindful that people who are listening, who are considering a partnership, whether they've identified the person they want to go into business with, or maybe they're a solo And they're thinking, I'd really love to bring somebody else in to help do some of this heavy lifting. I'm going to ask each of you this question because I think it's really important. And as somebody who for many, many years consulted women in small business, I've done lots of what I call partnership divorces and partnership Mm -hmm. agreements. Yeah. And they are beautiful when they are beautiful and they are heart-wrenchingly painful when they are not beautiful. So I'm going to ask the question this way. Somebody comes to you, Jen, and she says, I want to take on this partner for this new business. What's your advice to her about that partnership?
0: You better be sure. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know how else to say it because there is no, and that's the hardest part about it. There is no bullet point list that you can check off, really, that will ensure that this partnership lasts and not just lasts. by the way, it has to grow. It's not about being stable. It's about growing. You have to be prepared. It's like any relationship. It's like any marriage. As I'm evolving as a business owner, Lisa evolves with me. And if those are not synergistic, those Mm. two journeys, then you have problems. And a lot of it is go with your gut too. And Lisa... A, Lisa's gut is much better than mine, <laughs> probably because of the diet, number one. But number two, because of she just has a much better intuition, I think, with people. But sometimes deep down in there somewhere, I do feel the same thing. Mm. And that's it's kind of like two things. It's like you never really know, but there is a gut instinct that I think you can draw upon. And don't, don't ignore that. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, Lisa, I'd love to hear your answer to that question, too. And, and maybe even if there are, while there might not be bullet points, so to speak, if there's something that you should really lean into. You both said respect earlier, which I think is key. But I'd love to hear from you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say the biggest, you know, I've actually mentored other women in business relationships and partnerships And the hard part for me is just because you're friends, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean you should go into business together. And I think it goes back to the first question you asked us, right? Like, were you friends or were you business colleagues first? Um, We were business colleagues. So we understood the amount of time and energy and work that needs to go into something. And and I understood her work Mm -hmm. ethic and she understood my work ethic and she and my passion. And we knew you know, because it's friendship is very different than business and the way that I am in on a personal side might be different than the way I'm in business. And those things are hard to know until you actually get involved. So for me, I I think the respect is number one. The trust is number two, the work ethic, you know, those sort of things. It's, it really is a marriage. I know that Jen used that word, but like the values, do we value the same things financially Because when we're making decisions and we're talking about hard things, we have to kind of be on the same page all the time. And even when we're not, I have to trust her and go with what she says, or she has to do the same for me. And it takes a lot of trust to do that. So advice for friendships is just fully, really understanding what the work ethic is really like. Yeah. And
2: what I think you're saying about, having first been colleagues is really key and i think people can almost manufacture that to some degree by doing a project with a friend right not fully going into business but hey let's do a whatever given the business like a if we're making candles let's make a few candles as a pop up and see how it goes you know there are ways to sort of test out how each other works, and it's not a right or wrong, it's just a compatibility. Exactly. Yeah, thank you guys for that. I think I think that's really important to identify and, and to really be able to understand what is it about successful partnerships that make them so. Okay, Jen, back to you. You guys, as I said earlier, you've both been in fashion. You both probably have similar experiences in the industry, although I hear that Lisa was doing the showroom and you had the brand. When you guys decided to partner, right? How did you divvy up your roles and decide who's going to take what in this new venture? They're both. I will answer that. That that was fantastic. You both started cracking up. Yeah,
0: So easy. (laughs) We did literally, we did not even have to talk about it. Because the strengths, my, well, let let me start with my weaknesses. (laughs) My weaknesses are Lisa's strengths. And I mean by a lot you know, to the to the fifth power, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, that's my point. Like, she's got such a different approach. And she's got such a different skill set than I do, like, that there was no conversation. And to this day, there is no comment, you know, or you do this, and I do this, like, we're just different people. And I'm I guess the louder one you'd like to say. I pop off at the mouth. You know, I love colors. I love talking. I love marketing. I love to do all of these things that Lisa, she does them. And she loved, you know, like these podcasts. Sometimes we can't drag her kicking and screaming, but she's on it, and she's great. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. You know, like, <laughs> <is> she really. <laughs> let's just be. I'm, I'm totally like we're totally discover, you're discovering something about Lisa, yeah. but no, she's great. When she, yeah. but this is this is what I lead with, sure. right? This is my, you know, at, at at the trade shows, she literally, if you can imagine, with a big hook on a stage trying to pull me off and out of the yeah. booth because I'm doing a little bit too much dancing and juggling yeah. for the buyers. It works for the buyers for a minute, but then Lisa's got to go in and close the deal. That's kind of what it is in like the most simplest terms.
2: To your earlier point, you guys got to see that in each other. Like Lisa, you got to see, yeah. oh, I know what Jen has to offer if we do something together. And yeah. Jen, you got to yeah. see, and I know the same. And and I think what you said earlier about we don't have to be the smartest person in the room. I mean, let's talk about being in midlife and finally appreciating that and being able to to hold that and not feel that your ego gets tripped up. But in fact, you know how to embrace that and make that like, oh, that's yeah. an ingredient. That's, that's not going to kill yeah. this. That's actually going to make this.
0: Yeah, when you're comfortable mm-hmm. in the room, when you're comfortable in your skin, yeah. you don't have to be the smartest person. You don't put down people's ideas. You respect everybody and their opinions Amen. and what they yeah. have to say. And once you do that, I, mean, I learned that from my dad, you walk in and you listen to your team and it, creates a beautiful creative environment.
2: Is that who you are? Mm. Or did you learn that as you spent time in various businesses? Was that something that I'm not trying to force this to make it be about midlife, but I sort of am curious. Is that something you that, that evolved? I'll ask it that way.
1: For me, I've never wanted to be the smartest person in the room. <laughs> that meant I wasn't growing. You know, mm. I, I really fully always surrounded myself and and looked for talent to grow me right like I, I knew from a really young age that if I was comfortable I wasn't growing so I, I prefer to be uncomfortable even if that means doing a podcast because <laughs> somehow I'm growing right now but um, I do enjoy the comfort on the business side similar to what Jen said right like I I love being in front of people when it comes to like business and strategy and plans and what are we doing and how are we getting there and how are we achieving it and with who that's where my strength is. But I enjoy being uncomfortable and really like listening to what people say. And and when Jen and I first worked together, I used to literally beg her. I'd say, Jen, like, we're your salespeople. We're on the front line. Like I need you to listen to what Mm -hmm. we're saying and and being a multi-line sales agency No one ever listened to us. And they did whatever they wanted. And eventually I was like, you know, all you have to do is the end consumer is telling the retailer. The retailer is telling me and I'm telling you, you're getting this like directly from your customer. You have to listen. And that's what we do differently at Perfect Weight Tea. I mean, if you don't like our style, and and we're not going to make it again. But if you love it, we're going to make it in a million more colors for you to wear. So... I went off on a tangent a little bit, but that's, you know, ultimately finding people smarter than us is definitely something that we both really value.
0: And it takes a little bit of pressure off ourselves. You know, we can talk about going into midlife and coming out, coming through the other side, going into the other phase (laughs) of my life. I am more comfortable like this too. And trying to hold on to that control Mm -hmm. all the time was just exhausting. And it's so wonderful to be able to trust, you know, go back to that word that we keep throwing around, but it's true. And it's real. And it's something that's very visceral for us. And being able to trust other people that you surround yourself with, I think that's kind of what it was, it was like a little bit of a sieve that I went through where you put a bunch of people in the sieve, and you shake it up and who comes through, right? And who falls out, and who stays, and whoever stays becomes all of a sudden that becomes your atmosphere and it's much more comfortable to breathe and it's Mm -hmm. much more comfortable to create and it's much more comfortable to cry and to fail when you're in an environment of trust. It's a very different feeling and I can't express that enough to people like you have to make that environment. And between, I think, what Lisa and I, what we've learned through our, this experience and talking about our experiences in the past, and it can be with anything, not just business, I think that's where we both say, "Oh, yep, you're right, that's where it is, and that's where we feel it right now.
2: I'm really mindful as you're talking, Jen, that we don't grow up hearing lessons about business that way. And it's such a feminine way of looking at business, and it's so necessary. Mm-hmm. That kind of information, that kind of way of looking at building a team, at looking at who you collaborate with, at looking at everything from the manufacturing on up, whatever type of business you have, that way of looking at things, creating that environment so people can breathe, so people can be creative, is such an important lesson and one that I don't think we hear enough of. And I'm so happy that you said it. And I think we need more and more men and women, boys and girls coming up learning that that's part of what you want to cultivate. That's part of what you're going for. The product will come from that. But that's really what you're Mm -hmm. in charge of. Lisa, do you want to add to that? I want to give you an opportunity.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, it was spot on. Yeah, I I think just the sieve because i am very visual even though i do love numbers like the sieve and, and who, who's there at the end of it, it is was so spot on that i i'm not even gonna try to top that i'm not gonna
2: lie all right well Chat. she fact-checked and you came out you came out on top so that's good okay. <laughs> well you know it's funny because we it's easy for us to to make fun of the numbers and i i don't think I've ever been on a podcast where somebody isn't hasn't said something about I hate numbers or I have to hand off numbers to this partner. She loves numbers, whatever. It always comes up. But the thing that I think is so valuable about numbers, besides the math, besides the bottom line, is what Lisa was talking about earlier. The data that the numbers tell you informs the business. They allow you to make those creative decisions. It's not just, Mm -hmm. is there enough money in the bank to pay the bills? Is there enough money in the bank to call ourselves profitable at the end of the year? It's also, how are we going to move forward? If the consumers are telling you something, they're telling you something with their pocketbooks. Mm -hmm. And I used to say, again, as a consultant, Data is actually sexy. If you really learn how to read it, it's very cool. And it can tell you a lot about your business. But it takes us a (laughs) minute to to really embrace that data is cool. It sure does. It sure does. But it's true, right, Lisa? I mean, think of the decisions Uh, that you're bringing to Jen or that you're making or have made in the past and what you were telling your manufacturers. Like, you got to hear what the consumer is saying. And I've got the numbers to show it or to prove it.
1: Yeah, and and I think one of the things that I have loved since the beginning of time is just understanding selling reports, right? Like, I get selling reports, and I can't wait to dive in and see what information I'm going to pull yeah. from it. Intelligent, yeah. you know, and I'm like, you're never going to guess what I, you know, and, and because there's just so much data and so many ways to look at it, whether we're launching a new product, what is the direct-to-consumer customer saying versus my wholesale customer? Are they the same? Are they not the same? And between all the different selling reports that I get and I'm able to read, you know, even some retailer selling reports that are sent to me, it gives me so much insight into our development process and where we need to go. And, you know, someone might say, hey, you know, Lisa and Jen, you need more dresses. And then I say, hey, every time we introduce dresses, they never sell. And our t-shirts sell 10 to one. So I don't know about that. So it's, it really is more, we call it a science, right, Jen? Like that's what we say all the time. It's a little bit more of a science. We really want our end consumer to dictate that to us. And we find that all in the numbers. And I have so much fun doing it. (laughs) Well, and you had
2: said, you know, that you're in the replenishment business. That's one of the things you're solving for. So if you're going to replenish the teas that we love, you need to know which teas we love and mm-hmm. which ones to like. Okay, that that was a nice kind of maybe that was a boost in sales, but it was a trend. They don't want that one mm-hmm. over and over. They wanted to give it a try. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. those numbers are informing the very core of what you were trying to solve. Uh, they're important to that piece of of the business. How has age played a role in? what you guys are doing together, building this business, and how you respond to the consumer in terms of what you're creating. So Jen, I'll start with how is it informed how you and Lisa work together? I mean, you've talked about your experience and that's led to listening and not needing to be in the, the smartest person in the room. What else would you say you've brought along with you that age has informed in, in terms of being a business
0: owner? Uh, menopause. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'll be honest, let's just throw it out on the table here. My body has changed, you know, and what, what I think looks good on me has changed. I don't mean to be so like aggressive with that answer. That's not aggressive. That's that's why we're here. (laughs) That's, that's what, let's just call it what it is. I mean, I have gone through an, of life change that it wasn't bad. Like, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, by the way. It, you know, it comes with its challenges, but I don't want to show my belly anymore. My sensibility and what I think looks good on me has changed and it really was a shift. And so I don't mind being older. I love, I love this. I mean, I don't love this aging process. Let's be real, but I'm embracing it. And I'm like, okay, what can I bring to the table? Because I'm still, I love fashion. I mean, but simple fashion. I love clothes. I love simple t-shirts. So I have to try things on. I'm no fit model. But I, what I like and what I think looks good on me and my friends, by the way, because it's like a crowdsourcing effort. And yeah. I wanted to go back to that moment real quick when Lisa was bringing in all the numbers. We don't necessarily look at it. And we look at it as math, for sure, especially Lisa. But we also pull, up, pull out a little bit and look at it as like crowdsourcing. Mm-hmm. What is our audience telling us? It's more of a conversation as opposed mm-hmm. to uh, a formula, right? What's that conversation sound like? And what is it that, what are the factors and what are the variables that add to that conversation? And one of them is the older woman and the woman who has always loved fashion, but her body's a little bit, you know, different now, but still wants to feel good and sexy, but maybe not, maybe not in a thinner t-shirt, maybe a little bit more substantial. Is it a Mm. crunic? Is it a V-neck? So those are the, I think I feel like adding, adding a little bit of, um, of uh, addition and subtraction to the formula is what I bring it's a different experience. If
2: you were born with ovaries and you're over 40 you might be in perimenopause. Perimenopause is the time leading up to menopause where your hormone levels start to begin fluctuating and decline and it can last up to 10 years. If you're experiencing symptoms like irregular periods, mood swings, forgetfulness, anxiety, or hot flashes, it might be time for you to talk to a doctor. Now, Alloy is a new kind of women's health company, and they're here to help you feel your best and stay healthy through perimenopause and beyond. From hormonal treatments to symbiotics to skincare, Alloy has what you need to age healthfully and Alloy doctors are licensed in all 50 states, and all practitioners are menopause-trained, so you can work with a doctor to get a personalized treatment plan. Now, once you're a member, you'll get everything shipped to your door, including automatic refills, and you'll get unlimited messaging with your doctor who can answer any questions you have as they come up. So go to myalloy.com to start your virtual appointment today. That's myalloy.com, M-Y-A-L-L-O-Y.com. How about you, Lisa? If you look pre-2020 at who Lisa was as a businesswoman, and then you look at what you're doing now, and the way Mm -hmm. you're dealing with stress, the way you're dealing with Jen, the way you're dealing with family mm-hmm. issues, the way the bad numbers inform kind of, oh gosh, mm-hmm. this was a tough month or a tough week or whatever. How has your process changed from before this venture to now uh, and yeah. relative to your age?
1: Yeah. To where I am in life. I mean, yeah. I have to be honest, I have three children and they're at the ages where there's Different problems, right? They have relationship problems, girlfriends yeah. talking about them behind their back, or my son got, you know, there's just all these different conflicts, right? And I didn't have that before. I didn't have that before this brand, you know, they were they were young and babies, and I had different problems, right? Like time management and yes. being a mom and also a businesswoman. So now it's really changed the way that I look at things because how I handle the conflicts or teach my children to handle the interpersonal conflicts that they're having. Right, Jen, I've been talking to you about this lately. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. It's carrying over to business and how I handle interpersonal Mm. conflicts between team members, between partners, between Jen and I. I mean, luckily for Jen and I, the communication has always been clear. Whether we like it or not, we're going to tell each other the honest truth. And trust me we don't always like it neither one of us but we yeah. do it because it's
0: True and we say sorry by the way And we say mm-hmm. sorry We say sorry
1: Yes sorry. yes but these are all things that you know I'm in my 40s you learn in kindergarten I know I know and and sorry It's so true I'm teaching my children you know how to say sorry about what it is that they caused but nothing else needs to be brought into this there's so many details right that we oh, that we love to fight for but some aren't worth it and yeah. I think, going into my forties and having my kids and like understanding you know what Jen, some of these battles we gotta pick and choose our battles, I'm like carrying their conflict over into our life and into our business world and and let's not fight this battle let's let's yeah. go you know, and not even between us, sometimes it's between the two of us and someone else, and it's like this battle's not worth it, yeah, so i I think a lot has changed for me when it comes to just even interpersonal conflict and maturity, because I've come a long, come a long way.
2: Yeah, I think there is something to being able to let go of not just the small stuff, but you got to identify what's small because everything can be feel big in the moment, right? So Mm -hmm. having the wisdom to be able to um, see that for what it is and identify it as this doesn't really impact our bigger vision, right? It sets us back a day or we lose a client or, or whatever it is, but being able to see that for what it is. When you are younger, all that is brand new. You don't know the difference between what a big issue is and a small issue is. Right. You just know you're presented with an issue. And it's not until you have 10, 20 of those things that you can start to say, wait a minute, uh, maybe I really don't need to sweat the small stuff, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for for talking about the both the menopause thing, which believe me, we talked about that a lot around here. And also, you bring up a very specific point relative to your business, which is we have to understand that as our customer is aging and seeing herself differently, we need to help her embrace herself differently. So, how do we look at? what we're doing? How do we offer a solution for her? Not just to have her continue to feel bad about herself because this t-shirt is too thin. She isn't feeling comfortable in it. And so she it's this constant reminder that she isn't who she was, right? Mm -hmm, Versus, wait a minute, we, we have an opportunity here to tell a different story, tell her a different story about herself. That's a powerful tool that you guys have. And probably one you didn't think about when you first started, or maybe you did, maybe that was something that you wanted to address.
0: Yeah, but we also surround ourselves with like the younger generation. I I love them, and I respect their opinions, but they don't have to deal with boob fat. They don't know what that is. And I never did either. And all of a sudden, I'm like, how do I look and feel good? And how do I embrace that? And how do I design around that? And no one else in the room may understand that, except for me and somebody else who may be my age. But I like bringing that to the table and then I turn around and the you know 25 year old is doing some really cool like fitted yeah. crops some sort of beautiful situation and I and I look at her and I'm like damn I remember when I could do that but you look good let's go with it yeah. there's no competition there's no threat it's just loving everybody at every phase in life that they're at mm-hmm.
2: yeah well you just made a lot of people happy a lot <laughs> most of our listeners aren't the kids in the room most of our listeners are women who will be happy to know that you know you have figured out with your t-shirts what to do with that new body that they yeah. are looking at they don't know what to do with it either. And mm-hmm. so to have you say, hey, we are paying attention to this and mm-hmm. we have a solution for you, I think uh, is is gonna make a lot of people really happy. Th- okay. thanks, thanks for the
0: work you're doing. That's <laughs> what we're here for. That's what we're here for.
2: <laughs> so in this season, we're talking a lot about new beginnings on the podcast. And I want you guys to go back to 2020 and just remember pre-launch, all the things that were scary, all the things that were exhilarating and talk to us a little bit about, um, again, keep in mind that the listener is somebody who is listening to this podcast to hear women in midlife tell their story so she can figure out what her story might be. Maybe she's a business owner and she wants to hear something that sounds, sort of resonates like, yeah, I had that pain point too. And you're gonna make her feel better. Maybe she's somebody who is trying to think about what's next. And that new beginning is really scary for her. Can you guys just talk about what did you have to overcome to launch the brand? And what, in retrospect, here we are four years later, what can you look back at and say, that was a blessing in disguise? And Lisa,
1: I'll start with you. Oh, there was so much. So overcoming. many things. <laughs> no, there, there was. But looking back, I had sold and represented so many different t-shirt brands for 20 years. So, and I had represented Jen's, right? And for me, it was, I was selling everyone else's brands for them to the wholesalers. I, I was their sales agent, uh, but I never had my own. I never had my own brand. I could never call it my own. I could never do all this hard work to say at the end, like this is mine, right? And when Jen presented that opportunity to me, it was obviously life changing. All of this passion and love that I put into everyone else's brands, I could put into my own. And it was exhilarating. It, it was wow. Like, I, I know exactly how we're going to do this distributions and teams and agencies and who. And I knew how we wanted to get started. And was it scary? Of course. And anything new is scary, right? Like, and again, I am one of those people. And I can honestly say that since the beginning of time i love to be afraid of things i i honestly even in my 20s i felt that same way i started my showroom at 26 years old i was terrified i i i was like oh my god and it was during the recession it it was from 2007 to 2008 and i'm like i'm going to lose everything and i remember saying to myself well i'll figure it out right when there's a will there's a way something my dad taught me you know jen and i talk about that but when there's a will there's a way you know do you have the will? And I was like, I do, I do. He's like, so then stop complaining, right? Just do it. So I, I think that's carried with me. But through all of these years, every time something new presents itself and I'm afraid, I'm like, oh, this is it. Let's go for it. Let's, let's, let's make it happen because it's going to be hard. There's going to be challenges, but everything is figure outable. And yes. that's just something that I'm always going to say. And I say to Jen all the time, we can figure it out. That's yep. it. Like, figure it out. They, These problems are going to come for the rest of our existence. That's Jen, right. Figure I know. it out. I know. How do we do it?
2: Yeah. No, it's true. Thanks for that, Lisa. Jen, how about for you? What was scary when you thought about launching, about doing something new? And maybe what, what do you now see as like, man, I had no idea how great that was going to be. Or we made a decision early on and we had no idea that that was the right decision. Like, just how right
0: we were. I think um, it's a good question. The first thing that comes to mind, I think I didn't have confidence at the time. My confidence was pretty low because, you Mm -hmm. know, things were not had not worked out in a previous company. And Mm -hmm. the exit was tough. And the lessons I learned and the people I sort of had to deal with was tough. And that experience brought me to a to a place where I was like, I don't know if I ever even want to be in LA anymore. I don't know what I want to do. Maybe I'm not. A, maybe I don't know what I'm doing. There's a lot of questions, and I sat on that big pile of dog shit for a long time. Yeah. To be and, and I'm, I'm I'm I hate can I can I cuss on this? You can totally okay cuss on this. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it, I, I, it really is how I felt, you know, and I thought, and then. But then talking to Lisa, just in general, just like having conversations over and over with her, I never lost that connection, right? So I realized when all of this started happening and the brand started becoming, there was this little seed. And then I thought, you know what, the person that I could do this with Hmm. and feel safe again was her, honestly, like, I would have never done it again by myself. I guess it just that's not I, I it wasn't a great experience for me. But I also know that going into partnerships is tough. But for all the reasons that we said in the first 15 minutes of this conversation, yeah. I, le- I jumped into it and I was like, let's do it. And it wasn't hard. Like, I don't want to act mm-hmm. like this is easy, though, too. But yeah. that wasn't hard. And that felt all of a sudden, and we grew so quickly that I was like, okay, we do know what we're doing. And we're not successful because we think we're great, or we're these huge fashion designers, or we're like business women that are just geniuses. It's just because we took our time, did it the right way, and did it comfortably and our and did did it our way and laughing along the way too. So yeah. I feel like that helped that sort of got me out of that really weird time. And I feel like everything just clicked and we're back in place and, and it nothing can stop us now. You know, it's really our own. And Lisa will tell you probably me, you know, when I get, (laughs) when I get, I get like excited or upset or like down about things or too cynical, like she also grounds me, pulls me back to center and it just doesn't stop. Like we can't blink and it's a very exciting time for us. It's exhausting, but the excitement and the love for what we do has changed the trajectory of my career mm-hmm. forever. And I have her to thank for. Honestly, I, have, I could not do this without her. We're mm-hmm. going through some crazy stuff right now. I'm like, I call her up and I'm like, girl, I don't know what I would do if you weren't in my life. Uh-huh. <laughs> Because <laughs> I can't handle it. Um, but, but it's sure. and at the same time, even for the fun stuff, right now, like, I we're excited about all the progress we're making. And I don't want to throw a party for one. It's a party yeah. for two. And that's a lot more mm-hmm. fun.
2: It reminded me of what you were saying with the sieve, like, when you talked about your story and not not feeling excited about what was next. You didn't know what was next, and then yeah. all of a sudden it, it came It came to be in the form of Lisa. Like yeah. that, ha- that relationship had to happen to catalyze what was next for, for both of you, mm-hmm. to move you in that direction. And I think our listener is going to hear the bright side of partnership through a very, I think, clear-headed process. The fact that you guys worked together, the fact that you guys had this trust and this respect for one another is the reason it was so easy. It was the reason it was so easy for both of you to say yes. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what the big takeaway is here. Thank you guys for talking about perfect white tea about your loving relationship with one another. It's like a business romance. I love it.
0: (laughs) It it (laughs) is. It is. But it's also I have to I have to give kudos to Lisa, to be honest with you. She really she's 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 a lot younger than I am, but she's got so much more wisdom. But it works. You have the image of the the big the big dog walking down the sidewalk and the little one jumping like this having chaos. But the But the big one is always on the right path, always going straight, (laughs) you know, guiding the little dog. (laughs) But I couldn't have fun without that little dog.
1: (laughs) That's the one thing we always say, we bring different things to this. Oh, God. She oh. makes it a hell of a lot more fun let me tell you.
2: You know, I funny think time. you guys are you guys are I mean, thank you. It's, it's adorable actually. But again, oh again car, on so behalf that. of the listener, I just think of the women out there who feel alone in whatever project they want to pursue. Yeah. Feel like they don't know what's next. Don't feel like they can bring enough to the party. They don't want it to be a party of one. And I think you guys have just given them a very clear example of what it can look like. Mm -hmm. What can two heads being better than one? What can something that's greater than the sum of its parts look like? And whether it's the laughter you bring to one another, the data, the fact-checking, the clear-mindedness, the wisdom. The martinis. the
0: martinis.
2: let not marti- forget La- the martinis. <laughs> he
0: definitely brings the <laughs> alcohol. That is your store. <laughs> That's the next podcast we have. A the lot- next podcast. <laughs> I love it. Well, before
2: I let you go, we got to get into our fast five. So, oh yeah. Uh, again, I'll toggle back and forth. So, Jen, uh, can you share a daily practice that keeps you grounded?
0: So, first of all, I'm not grounded. <laughs> um, by anybody, by any stretch of the imagination, but in in my world, I feel like I'm grounded. And what does it for me right now? Right now, I'm actually getting into spinning. Not not spinning per se, but like I get on the bike, I get put in my ear my earpods, are AirPods, whatever AirPods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I listen to music. I've been listening to some fun stuff lately. But I spin for 20 miles and ride the bike and just try not to answer my text messages unless it's Lisa and. That's it. That's what I do. That's what keeps you grounded.
1: How about you, Lisa? I actually do my old lady walks. I call them the lady walks because I remember my mom doing them. And I'm like, that seems so boring. And I can't tell you, I love, I do two and a half miles every morning. The sun is shining. I'm listening to music and I'm clearing my head before my day starts. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Before Jen brings you a martini. Before (laughs) Jen texts
0: me. Yeah. And then Jen, what are you currently reading? Uh, I haven't been reading much lately. I hate to say it. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, um, I read Lisa's text. That's what I've been reading lately. <laughs> <laughs> I li- read Lisa's text. That and oh, I've been gosh. listening to uh, the Smart List podcast. To be yeah. honest with you, love I it. have become so in love with those three men. God bless them. They bring me so much joy and a lot of smiles to my face. And I've been doing it.
2: Watch their tour
0: if you I haven't did. seen it. Okay. Isn't it so oh, fun? Oh, it's genius. Yeah. I love it's it. So the, 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 the candidness and the humor. I just, it, it literally, I'm, I sometimes sit there like crying, laughing while I'm on the bus. Oh. That's, I listen to that and I'm just. They're fantastic. fantastic. They're
2: fantastic. How about you, Lisa? What are you currently reading or watching I or think, listening to? <laughs> <laughs> no, you
1: better I don't, start reading my do. text. I'm reading. <laughs> I avoid those sometimes. Um, the Everyday Hero Manifesto by Robin Sharma.
2: Okay, we will definitely list that in the show notes. Um, as as well as Smart List. Don't oh, worry, thank you. we, we got you, it's Jen. <laughs> it's
0: yeah, and le- I'm going to
2: leave that out of the show <laughs> notes. Um, and <laughs> what is your advice, <laughs> Jen, for pursuing something new at this age? Just one word, one quick sentence. What would you say to somebody who's on the fence. Like, I I don't know if I can do this now. I'm not ready for something new. Maybe those days are behind me. What do you say to her?
0: You can create a career at any time. Yeah. I am living proof of that. Because after this, by the way, I'm going to be a chicken farmer.
2: And you'll have the coolest t-shirts. to That's right. Go out and, ch- and chicken farm. That's right. Lisa, <laughs> you're a little bit younger than Jen, but you're still hearing, I'm sure, some of those stories. I remember when I was in my 40s, hearing friends around me say, like, I don't have the energy for it. And maybe it's because they were busy raising kids. Or I just don't think I could go back into whatever. I don't, you know, maybe that boat or that ship has sailed. What do you want to say to her?
1: I mean, I say age is just a number to everybody. Because honestly, like, there's no greater day than today. And if life can't teach you that with all the things that are thrown at you every single day, then... You know, there's nothing to lose. That's the other thing I would say, like, what do we have to lose here? Yeah. Nothing, nothing. We only have things to gain. So there's no greater day than today. That's my experience.
2: Yeah. I'm looking forward to reading your book about fearlessness or or embracing fear. I mean, I love this idea. I don't think I've heard it very much where somebody has come on the podcast and said, if I'm not uncomfortable, I'm uncomfortable. If I'm not, Mm -hmm. if there's not something scary in front of me, I don't feel like I'm living fully, and I've heard mm-hmm. you say things like that a few times. So I'm waiting for your book. You can start. You can start writing that on
0: the side. <laughs> yeah, please um, make it a podcast. I'll listen to yeah, it. Yeah, there you go. Um,
2: <laughs> and Jen, you talked about. It sounds like coming out on the other side of menopause. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what would you say is a favorite thing? Again, just in a word, about this season of life.
0: I feel calm. Mm. because there's a real sense of understanding who I am and mm-hmm. what I love and what are my priorities. And it has calmed me down because those things have fallen into place.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And how about you, Lisa? What are you loving about this season of life?
1: I am loving learning from my children this in this season of my life. I They are teaching me things. I don't know, even insecurities I didn't know I had, Yeah. right? Like yeah. that I'm vicariously living through them. I'm loving it. I'm embracing it again, feeling the uncomfortableness that comes with it. And then it's, it's honestly, it's, it's changing me for the better.
2: So what a lovely thing to That's say. That's a great a answer. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I, know. No, they, I didn't mention they... my
0: kid. and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, No, but but Jen, I'm sure you're, I mean, you're saying it's a lovely answer because you're reflecting on how the same is true for you. I know it's true for me. I also have three kids and I'm a completely different person in so many ways because of who Mm -hmm. they are. So that's, that's wonderful. Make sure they listen to that when this podcast comes out. How has launching and growing Perfect White Tea liberated you? Jen, we have to talk about that, because that's the name of the podcast. How is how is this liberated you this venture?
0: I get to do what I want to do with the who I want to do it. I, it's and be a mom at the same time. Can I bring my kid into this finally? Like I it yeah. really what I want to do with whom I want to do it and still enjoying my child. I am just I am I'm floating. I'm floating.
2: And how about you, Lisa? How is this venture, this partnership with Jen? How has Perfect White Tea liberated you?
1: I'm doing this for myself, for Jen, for the brand. It's ours, right? Like, I have never been able to say that that is fully liberating. (laughs) That the effort that I put in is what comes out of it. Like, wow, it's a big deal for me.
2: It's liberating. To finally be the benefactor of all that hard work. Yep. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. You guys, what a treat. Thank you so much for being on the show. I so appreciate your time and your candidness and the laughs. Um, (laughs) I want to hang out. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for making time.
0: Thank you. We had a great time.
2: Absolutely. And Liberty listeners, thank you guys so much for hanging out with Jen and Lisa and me. And we'll have all the links you need to perfect white tea and the different things that they mentioned on the show until next week we'll talk to you then bye liberty road is broadcast on all platforms apple podcast spotify stitcher google podcast and more if you like what you've heard please follow rate and review liberty road on apple podcast and spotify it helps us to know if these episodes are inspiring and equipping you to move into your middle third with intention Liberty Road is created by executive producer Netta Jones, supervising producer Elizabeth Windham, producer Julia Windham, and music by Jack Jones.